Well, hello, and it feels so good to say this. Welcome back to Sierra Unfiltered. It has been a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been almost two years. A little bit longer than a minute. I have Stephen here with me, by the way, for any of the audio listeners. Um, but yeah, we are back. We are podcasting. I am very nervous, and I have kind of forgotten how to podcast. <laughs> so just bear with me. We're going to, it's probably going to take a little while for us to figure out like our flow again you yeah. know we've been thinking we've been wanting to do this for a while and i'm so glad that we're just finally sitting down and doing it literally since the day that we put the podcast on hiatus it was okay you know how do we want to bring this back how do we want to change things um for anyone who didn't listen to the podcast before sierra unfiltered was a podcast that i did with my best friend skylar and it's one of my favorite projects i've ever done um, and Skylar decided she wanted to live her life privately offline. She's doing fantastic, by the way, for anyone who, you know, is curious, but she is still wanting her privacy. So, you know, we do ask that you respect that. Um, but she's doing great and she, you know, wants to see the podcast continue and I want to see the podcast continue. But I, I built it up in my head of like, not just the how, but like, you know, the specifics of, okay, what's the intro going to be? What's the format? Of course, who's the co-host going to be? And I think I've tried to relaunch it like four times. And I just, it got so overwhelming and, and I wanted it to be perfect that I just never did it. Yeah. And, and since the time where we did that last episode, you know, however many, almost two years ago, we've had a freaking baby. Like, yeah. A lot <laughs> A little changed. baby girl named Grace. And, you know. There's, we could talk about her and our experiences through that. And I think that was a great way to kind of just sit down and start talking again in front of the mic. Yeah, I thought I thought that would be a good topic for us to start out with. I think this episode's going to kind of, we're just going to chat about parenthood. I have some questions from y'all. Um, and I think that's a good jumping off point because that's something that we, we both have so much to say yes, on. <laughs> and I'm very excited to share how, my thoughts. <laughs> you have a lot of really interesting takes about parenthood. And I love talking with you about parenthood, which is, I think, hopefully this will be a good conversation to share yeah as well. now i remember it was like the second month grace was here like i opened a box and i made a comment on things and you're like oh that'd be so great to talk on the podcast about yeah and here we are <laughs> and now we're doing it we're talking about it on the podcast oh also um should probably mention this since it's you and i doing the first episode mm -hmm. back um steven's not going to be the co-host for every episode i think i'm just going to kind of alternate like do some with yeah. my friends do we're, some with you we're, we're still figuring it out we're figuring we're seeing, it out we're seeing where the wind blows on this one so. yes so we're filming this episode today Stephen and i and the next week my friends ryan and paloma are coming down from la and i think we're gonna film a podcast episode talked about doing one with my dad i think you know just kind of, we'll kind of feel it out we'll try a lot yeah. of different things yeah well on that note so sierra did post on the community tab and instagram yes, i did um yeah i think we did decide to focus on like what's our been our experience from parents and I don't know, things to talk about from that. Which I feel like I should give this disclaimer first. Steven and I are going to do our best to not necessarily give advice, but more so give our perspective. We have been parents for eight months, so <laughs> we're not exactly experts. Um, but it is, you know, in that eight months, we have experienced a lot. And I think, you know, we want to share our perspective and our experience. But I I'm going to try, and I think Steven is too, to steer away from like the advice or like the hard line like this is the way to do things because a we're not really qualified for that and also b there is so much like so so many polarizing opinions yeah. when it comes to parenthood and we'll get into that because i did pull a couple questions about that but a lot of the times it does feel like 
you have to do it this way or it's wrong or this is the best way to parent. And honestly, like, I don't know the best way to parent. And truly, I don't think anyone does because I think every child is so different and every parent is so different. What works for one family isn't going to work for another. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for your long and detailed response. The whole time I've been thinking of this one dad joke I was waiting to make. (laughs) Make it. Now is the time. So you said, you know, we've only been parents for eight months. And I was like, well, technically I've been a parent. We've been parents for a lifetime. It's just Grace's lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. We have been parents for a lifetime. Yeah. But the lifetime is So then also like months. context as we go into this discussion for those who uh, aren't following along on the ride. Um, so we, Sierra, so Grace is our little daughter. She's eight months old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sierra was, when she was pregnant, um, let's see. Oh, uh, when a month, over, uh, a month, when a week over due date. Uh-huh. And had, I w- had an induction eight days after my due date. Had an induction, which led to uh, a non-planned uh, C-section. Yes. So 60-hour labor and then... It's not technically an emergency C-section. Um, it's an unscheduled an unscheduled C-section, yeah, I yeah. think is how they classify yep. it. So when the C-section happened, it was basically like, what, five minutes between them saying, I need to go for a C-section to me yeah. being in the operating room? Five, it was five times. It was, it was a very quick turnaround of, hey, it we're going to... It was quick, but it wasn't an emergency where they just wheeled me right yeah. off. I still signed the consent forms and they gave me the rundown. Steven got in scrubs and got to come in the room. Yeah. Which and those things don't, my understanding is with a true emergency C-section, those things don't usually happen. Yeah, I don't think I would have joined you if it was a true no. emergency. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, so fast forwarding a little bit, then we had Grace. Grace, perfectly healthy little baby girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then we've just been going through the whole parenting thing, you know. Now we're eight months in, Grace is a little angel, and um, I'm sure we'll get more into it in, with some questions. Yeah, actually, okay, first question. This is, I think, a good jumping off point. Um, a lot of people wanted to know if, we think parenting is harder or easier than people crack it up to be. Like what our expectations were going in. Yeah. Um, you want me to start? Yeah, you start. I would say definitely harder, Mm. but so incredibly more worth it so that it kind of comes off easier. It's like mentally Mm. at the end of the day, I say it's easy, but like there's definitely some hard parts to it. But because it's so rewarding that yeah. makes it feel a little bit easier. Like I feel harder has a kind of a negative connotation to it maybe. So I don't want to label it that too much. So maybe it's not hard, but maybe it's like laborious. I think I think when I describe <laughs> it to people, I'm like it's the, by far the hardest thing I've ever gone through, but it's also been by far the most rewarding. So like I, mm. I feel like those two had to be tied together. And do you think as a dad, did you have somewhat realistic expectations of what day-to-day parenthood would be like or did you have no idea? I mean, as a that or regardless i just had no expectations i had no idea what it entailed to raise a kid well i think why i say as a dad is because as a mom as a woman i have kind of been steeped in in parenting culture and taking care of children for a lot of my life like i babysat i took Mm -hmm. care of my younger brother a lot like i and i also have a lot of friends who are moms and so i i knew what it was like from them so I feel like going into parenthood, I had a pretty good idea of what life would be like raising a child. I had like a pretty good understanding of what it would be like, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I say I definitely did not. You know, we do have close friends who have kids, but like, I don't know, seeing the day to day stuff besides like, oh, they're over. We're having fun for a couple hours. Okay, bye. That that's, was surprising to you. I mean, that's about as much as I knew about kids. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it was all very new. But yeah, I'm actually interested in your opinion on this too. 
Would you say it was easier or harder than you expected? Okay. I feel like it was easier, but I want to give a little asterisk on that. Asterisk? Asterisk? Um, a little footnote. I have a lot of privileges that have made motherhood and the transition to motherhood easier for me. So like, for example, we had the benefit of time to prepare. This was not an unplanned pregnancy. We tried for a while. And so I I was ready for my life to change. I was ready for that change. Yeah. I have a very flexible job. I do YouTube, social media. I work for myself. I can set my own hours. You got a lot of paternity time. We have family nearby who can help take care of Grace. We have financial security. Like a lot of things that have just really made that transition easier for me. And so... It has, parenthood has been easier for me than I expected. Hmm. However, I don't want to ignore all of that privilege and say, parenthood is easy. Motherhood is easy. Having a baby is easy because even on top of all of that privilege that I had, we also have a pretty chill baby. Like she, she's been pretty easy. (laughs) And as part of that answer is you had, would you say you had better expectations going into it? I did. I do think I also had pretty realistic expectations. I don't think I expected motherhood to be a walk in a in the park and so I I think I was very aware that there would be very hard days but I don't think I was aware of how wonderful the wonderful days would be yeah and so I think you know those hard days do exist very much so and those hard moments exist but like you said those really wonderful fulfilling moments are so much better than I could have imagined yeah Um, And then the next question, which is kind of in that same vein, I'm just going to read this verbatim Mm because I feel like it was worded very well. And it was also the most liked comment when I asked for questions on the community tab. Um, So this person said, hi, Sierra. Question I've been asking myself every time I watch your vlogs. Is Grace as happy as she seems in your videos? Mm. I have a six month old and my life is crazy, but you seem to have it down and have a perfect baby. Did you get lucky or is this the power of video editing and perception? Yeah, that's a great question. Great so, question. like, to open it up right away, like, no, that a baby online is not who Grace is as a baby. Yeah, that is the highlight reel. That is what the, the image, the curated footage that we are choosing to share publicly. Yep. And I try to balance. Um, it's it's a hard place to strike a balance, but I try to balance not showing things of Grace that could embarrass her, not overexposing her. And not filming her vulnerable moments. Because in the same way that if Steven and I were having a, a tough time, if we were arguing, I'm not going to break out the camera and, and film him. Yeah. Um, if Grace is having a hard time and I'm trying to soothe her and comfort her, part of that is not going to be me taking the camera out. That's just not going to happen. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to project this unrealistic idea of motherhood that then causes other parents to go, well, she has it all together and I don't. Yeah. And so I try to find that balance, right, of, okay, I'm not going to film Grace crying. I'm not going to show those vulnerable moments. However, I can talk about the hard days from my perspective. And so, like, a couple weeks ago, we had a really hard day where Grace did not sleep the night before. We were exhausted. I was having a hard time. And I was like, you know what? I think I do want to vlog today anyways because yeah. I want to show this and I want to show me having a hard time and also show me trying to turn the day around. Yeah. Uh, the thought in the back of our heads when looking at like the vlogs is that you know this is our experience as Stephen and Sierra and then oh here's Grace having fun but mm-hmm. you know it's at the end of the day it's more of our perspective on things and yes it's not like a a reel of Grace all day yeah um, and so it, to answer that question specifically Grace cries Grace has hard moments Grace has a hard time but yeah. that is not what we're going to share on the internet and I 
I hope that I am able to navigate that balance somewhat well where I'm I'm not just showing this you know unrealistic curated version of motherhood that makes other moms feel bad but also at the same time I'm gonna lean more towards the cautious side of not showing too much of grace and if I have to lean a little bit too much one way or the other I'm gonna lean into not sharing as much as to not overexpose her yep yeah and like I said earlier I do have that we do have that list of privileges that have made parenthood easier for us so I think it's a combination of editing uh and of us having a, a relatively easy transition to parenthood yeah no it's um yeah it's a good question <laughs> all right uh oh do you want to read the next question because this one's about you yeah so according to my document here i have uh how did steve i like how steve's becoming a nickname uh feel during your labor and delivery yeah I feel bad that the first question about labor and delivery is me. Well, I organized the question. <laughs> okay, so, that is yeah. true. You're right. This is not asked in order. Um, I, want to, I, want, I want you to be included. I want your perspective. So I purposely put that towards the top. Yeah. So obviously um, when that comes, I'm just kind of along for the ride. And uh, shout out to all the women out there giving birth because that's just a freaking crazy experience. Um, yeah. So it was uh, definitely so right because to me, labor and delivery, I think of the last, you know, half an hour before grace came you think of the delivery and not the labor (laughs) yeah i mean it was it was definitely the whole thing was just kind of i've even then from the get-go of being sarah getting pregnant i was just terrified of this idea of birth um it was just ah and sure enough our journey definitely turned into a ah moment (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so the we were in the hospital at 60 hours yeah and you know 60 hours of labor and then we stayed in the hospital i think three days after birth it started out fun everyone's laughing giggling around and then you know the last 12 hours was getting hard i was not sleeping because one sierra was just kind of constantly going through things and then i'm in a hospital so i'm not sleeping because well i tend to need more quiet environments than that (laughs) and then things just weren't going they weren't going wrong they just weren't going right It was trending in a bad direction. Yeah. Um, and then anyway, so then they finally, you know, the doctor, so it was actually Sierra's OB who came in and was like, hey, like, this isn't working out. Um, the baby's going through her various things. Um, she had, like, just more and more decelerations of the heart rate. And it was like, it's, the, it's time to get her out. We're going to go to a C-section. And Sierra was already just, like, so brave, just, like, this shock of emotion in her face. But she was very calm. She's like, okay, let's do this. I immediately walked straight into the bathroom and just started sobbing. <laughs> that's also the weird thing, like, birth, like, I had to be, like, this stone wall, like, support system. Like, because you were going through it, so it's like, no matter how I feel, I gotta, like, hide it for now, because she's going through something worse, and I'll just kind of be there. So I just go in the bathroom crying, I'm like, oh, gosh! <laughs> and I go out, and you're still so brave, so I was like, okay. So anyways, I've already not slept last night, so I'm already in a weird place. Haven't eaten, because stress. And then we go into the, Sarah gets wheeled in and I'm getting my, suited up in my weird, you know, surgical gowns and things. And I look at Sierra's mom, Lori, and I'm like, I already feel like I'm going to pass out and I'm going into a surgery room. We're <laughs> like, I don't do super good with like, you know, blood and things. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. And it was just the craziest thing. Um, C-section went just fine. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thanks, doc. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was, I just was just. You know, on a whole different plan that was probably one of the worst you know i've lived a good privileged life and that was by far probably one of the worst moments like that that 15 minute window of we're doing the c-section we're going to the surgery room 
Sierra's blood squirting on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw Sierra's uterus out of her stomach, and it was just nope, definitely the the low of my life so far. But then immediately after, and then like was the high freaking, of your life, and then my freaking baby girl. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a freaking whirlwind. Do you want to talk about you passing out after? Oh yeah, that's, yeah. So, anyways, as I was trying to highlight that, uh, you know, I wasn't doing so hot. Baby girl's there, so now I have a freaking daughter. My wife's wheeled in from surgery, just everything, and I was like, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're leaving out the crucial part. So I, I wanted to do skin to skin. Yeah. But they had to stitch me up first. So they brought baby to me. They let me see her, and then they're like, Hey, we have to take her off. We have to stitch you up. So I told Steven, Steven asked me, he's like, do you want me to stay with you? Go with her. I was like, go with her. I want you to do skin to skin since I can't. So they're stitching me up. Steven and my mom and Grace are all in the labor room um, because I was in like the OR. And um, Steven's doing skin to skin. And then I come in and I get to do skin to skin. And after about maybe, what, five minutes of me doing skin to skin, I start feeling a lot of pain my medicine starts wearing off I'm in so much pain I'm shaking I, I did I throw up I think I threw up oh, you were deteriorating. it was bad you're yeah. deteriorating so I was basically like Steven I can't hold her anymore and I need you to and Steven's like I am going to pass out <laughs> and the way my mom describes it is it was simultaneously like the best thing and the worst thing for her because she didn't expect to get to hold grace that early you know when that long and oh. that long um, but also she was sad that, you know, it got, I couldn't, you couldn't. And so then she had to. So Steven holds grace for a little bit and then you can, yeah, go, go from there. Yeah. And it's, this still feels wrong talking about my experience. I don't why? know why. I, <laughs> I'm asking you. you to share. Yeah. I know. I know. You chose this question. I did. Hear me I chose it. it. But it still feels wrong. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you can imagine me on the ground. Nurses looking at me like, are you good? And I'm just like, I need food. So I, I you know. I, we had fruit snacks. Yeah. I ate like four bags of fruit snacks get some, get some sugar in my blood and um anyways later that night then i just sit there staring at this baby as sierra finally starts getting some sleep and i just i was like i know i should be getting sleep but like how could i i just need to stare at freaking grace like what the heck like that's my daughter holy crap yeah all right uh going into the next question how was life and recovery after the c-section so is this like back home or even after? I think we should talk more about in the hospital because yeah. we didn't really talk about that in the birth vlog. It was like labor, Grace is born, and then clip of us like four days later. So we kind of <laughs> skipped over all of that. Yeah, a lot happened in those four days. And we skipped over it because we needed to be fully focused on Grace and on my recovery and not be worried about anything else. So we were like, let's just not, yeah. let's as, not film this. As a couple who, you know, brings a camera into moments a lot. There was no thoughts of cameras for no. at least four days. It wasn't even a conversation. No. It was just, nope. <laughs> it was neon. Yeah, it was not even a thought. It was just, all right, let's survive these next four days. That's <laughs> such a good way to put it. It was purely survival. And um, my, the way I will say, the way I would describe my C-section recovery is it was a very steep incline of things getting better. So the first day after my C-section was probably the hardest day of my life. I would say it was harder than any of the labor harder than the actual c-section um the first time i had to get up out of the bed after they like took out the um catheter and the ivs and stuff was one of the lowest moments of my life yeah. that was and so I, incredibly i difficult. think an important word to float in there for context is like the fear of not knowing right because you say oh it was a steep recovery but that first day and even the second day you had no idea about that i had no idea how much better it would get how that quickly yeah because it was like the next morning i mean you 
literally couldn't move. Your whole abdomen was, you know, well, literally ripped in half or cut in <laughs> half. <laughs> but it was just like that fear of like, oh my gosh, this is going to be my forever life now. I can't like lift myself up or anything. And it was, yeah. I think that fear of like not knowing, you're right. Because looking back on it, the trajectory is like, oh, pfft. It got better really quick. Yes. It was in that moment you did not know I that. didn't know that. And that's what I wish I had known. I wish I would have known how quickly it would get better. Because yeah. that first day was so hard. And the second day was a million times better. Still hard, but manageable. Third day, thousand times better than the second day. Fourth, and it got like each day got so, so, so much better that by a week, I was able to walk around the house. I was able to lean down and pick up Grace. Yep. By two weeks, we were able to like go on walks and I could push the stroller. But on that first day, I could not imagine that. And so and, I... And that's your first surgery. It like, was my first... Well, kind of. I had my wisdom teeth out. Okay. But. No, no, no. Come on. This is guts open, <laughs> organs out. Uterus out. <laughs> yeah, this is very different. Which, wait, I want to talk about that too. Because about an hour after my C-section, Stephen <laughs> walks up to me, having this sweet moment. And he goes, also, I want you to know. I saw something in that operating room. I don't think you're ready to know about it now, but you're going to want to know. So you just let me know when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> and it was about, well, maybe two weeks later, like a week after we got home. Uh, do you want to tell them what you told me? Yeah, yeah. I was like, Sarah, I literally saw the doctor holding your uterus like outside my six body. inches above your stomach. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's what Steven saw. And I saw um, that on my way to see Grace for the first time. You really got to know me inside and out that day. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Do you like that joke? <laughs> All right, let's find the next question. All right, next question. Okay, next question. This is another one about your perspective. So don't feel bad because I picked it and I want to hear you talk about it. So you're not centering yourself. I'm centering you. Right. I want to hear it. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear about the dad experience, Steven's advice for other new dads and breaking down stereotypes for dads. I think that's really interesting because we've talked a lot about like the stereotype of yeah. the uninvolved dad, the, right, the joke of like the dad just being like, oh, I can't do that. Only mom can. And, you know, even the, the four moms thing. You should talk about that because that was really interesting. The fact that there's like a brand called four moms. Which we actually love their products. <laughs> yeah, we it's, do. <laughs> it's just a weird thing when I use it. I'm like, am I not supposed to use it? Am I not supposed to like this? Like, this is for moms, not for dads. Even or... like Stephen was talking about, he opened up the package and they had a big thing of like, hey, mama, this oh, and they, that. They, yeah. I, I bought Grace like an outfit, like a cute little dress or something. Oh, you know, I actually look cute in it. And then I opened it up and it said, hey, mama. And I was like, well, I'm not a mom. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> am I not supposed to be excited about buying my daughter a dress? Like, I don't know. It was kind of, it was interesting. Um, I feel excluded in some of these things. And, you know, even then, I don't know, just various things. Like sometimes I'll go to the zoo during the week because I'm on my paternity leave that I've been so blessed to have. And I'll be at the zoo with Grace. And I'm like, I desperately try to find a single dad out there by himself with the kid. Yeah. I never find one. <laughs> I'm like, it's just me and a bunch of moms. Like, <laughs> This is kind of interesting and I don't know. It's just been kind of an interesting experience going through that. And I've been like keeping a little tally in my head of things. Yeah. Um, I remember another thing that you told me was that you almost, it, it kind of makes you feel conflicted emotionally when people like praise you for being so involved and praise you for being like a true 50-50 partner with me in that y you feel like it's almost expected for you to not be involved as yeah. a dad. And that the expectations for me that I've experienced and also just kind of looking at, you know, 
the online expectations for dads is just so low. <laughs> the bar is on the floor. Like if I changed a diaper, people would like high five me. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's just the, it's just the bar is so low. It's just so surprising. Right. Well, and so here's the other thing I was gonna add. Do you think you having so Stephen had 13 weeks of paternity leave? Do you yeah. think you having so much paternity leave? set you up to be a really involved dad because if you had been a lot of dads out there in the u.s literally don't get any and they'll take two days off of work and then go right back if you had had that maybe you wouldn't be so involved and maybe there are dads out there who aren't very involved who would have been if they had that paternity time yeah no it's hard i mean so obviously that did nothing but help that right And then also, in a weird way, the C-section did a whole lot to help that. Because that was like, okay, Steve, you're going to take care of Grace like the first week, you know, almost by yourself. Right. Um, If I hadn't had the C-section, we may have defaulted to me changing the diapers and me swaddling her and me doing that stuff. Because, like I said, I grew up, you know, babysitting and I liked taking care of kids. And so I had more experience. I probably would have defaulted to that. But because I was recovering from the C-section, it kind of forced you to be super involved from the very beginning yeah yeah i remember in the hospital it was like an hour after she was born it's like okay it's time to change your diaper dad and i was like uh and my brain was like oh zero do this like at the beginning and teach me how to do it zero teach me everything and here i was the first thing i was like oh no Sierra can't teach me because she's over there you know figuring out her own thing and ah <laughs> but you have been such a, a wonderful partner and a wonderful dad even if the bar wasn't on the floor, you would still be exceeding it. So I want you to know that. <laughs> All right, next question. Okay, sorry, I had to take a second so I could pee and we could change the camera battery, but we're back. Um, okay, next question. What are What is our parenting style or what is like the parenting style we aspire to have? Hmm. Yeah, this one always gets my brain going. That's why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I should have picked some questions so I could like, pick your brain on yeah things. next time that's what i'll do okay um yeah so my my opinion not a fan of like labels parenting styles things like that because parenting is far more like complex and nuanced than like a single label or three labels of your choice kind of go yeah um and you know i think it does help to kind of give an idea but i don't know yeah i would i would agree with that i think if i had to choose i would say evidence-based because i feel like we first look to like the AAP recommendations and what the science says. And nine times out of 10, if there's like a, a official hard line, you know, yeah. this is what the evidence says, we're going to go with that. And then for the things that are, you know, more nuanced for the things that are, you know, well, you could do it this way, you could do it that way. We go to personal preference and, you know, what yeah. works best for us, what works best for Grace and, you know, talking to the other parents in our real life to see what works for them as well yeah no i yeah i just use uh i do it the sierra and steven style yeah it's your favorite uh parenting style yep that's my favorite just our way that's that's the parenting style i do is the parenting style (laughs) i give to grace all right next question probably going to be a quick one but a lot of people did ask this um just kind of wanting us to talk about our decision to raise grace as a pescatarian huh that's interesting yeah i mean so i mean the answer is not interesting (laughs) <laughs> um just so context sarah's vegetarian i'm not vegetarian um well, pescatarian's kind of right in the middle <laughs> it's you know and working with our pediatrician looking at things like you know nutrition uh, it's a great source of protein mm-hmm. um it's also I'll... a lot of shellfish are common allergens and yep. so there's some science that shows that introducing those early can lessen the probability of developing an allergy later 
Um, and so we we basically talked about it ourselves, talked about, you know, where what we would like to have happen with Grace's diet and then um, had a conversation with Grace's pediatrician to kind of pick her brain about it and see what she thought was best. And um, we came to the decision between yep. me and Steven and Grace's pediatrician that pescatarian diet would be good for her. Yeah. And like that even makes it sound like it was a more complicated decision than it was. It was, yeah. it was just kind of a natural, I don't know. Yeah, I also feel like I should add because when, when I initially talked about this just in like an Instagram Q&A, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Grace isn't going to eat meat. Like, how is she going to survive toddlerhood? And is she going to get bullied at school? We live in Southern California. Being a vegetarian, not an out, out, out there thing. Being a pescatarian, even less of an out there thing. Like, it is very common. There are vegetarian options everywhere you go. This is not like some really unusual thing for our yeah. culture. And I guess the other part of that is she's pescatarian starting out. And then, you know, wherever she wants to be when she grows up. Yep. She gets old enough to start making those decisions kind of. You know, that's what she's going to be. And that's the most important thing for me is that, you know, we set her up to be her own person and to make her own decisions. And that comes to food as well diet is such like a personal thing Mm -hmm. I don't want her to feel like she has to be a vegetarian or she has to eat meat like it it really is up to her this is just how we're starting her out and as soon as she's old enough she can make that decision for herself I also see a lot of questions about like how old is old enough I don't know well I think we'll kind of see as we get there right like and you know it's her world to explore and if at any age she wants she can voice that she wants to explore things um yeah yeah I yeah I think my and my biggest thing with not just eating uh like meat but also fish and also dairy and also plants is uh having some understanding about where your food comes from yeah and I think that we as not to get super deep but as a society we have moved away from this idea of understanding where our food comes from being connected to the food we eat yeah um, and so with, with Grace, I would really love for her to be able to feel that connection. Like if yeah. we could get chickens someday and then we could <laughs> have their eggs and she would know like, oh, our chicken, like that, that to me, yeah. that would be amazing. But sweet little taller Grace, that's going to be, that's uh, going to, that's long away. Far above anything she could comprehend. Uh, <laughs> Jess, Jess is behind the camera. She just brought up something that she thought was really funny that Steven yeah. should touch so on. It was the first time I gave her fish. So I, I made her some salmon. Yeah. Um, and I was like so scared that like, I was working upstairs. This is one of Steven's paternity I, I feel like it was days. like a big thing. It's like, oh, she's pescatarian. She's having her first fish. I was like, Sierra, do you want to like come down and like, are we supposed to like bow to the fish or something and say thank you <laughs> for feeding us? Steven was like, I was, I was, I was so nervous of like, like making you worried or upset yeah. or something. I don't know. I, don't, I was just so worried. And Me, you Jess could just and- care less. You're like, what the heck? No, that's weird. Just eat the fish. <laughs> Me, Jess, and Kenzie were upstairs in the office having a production meeting and we hear from downstairs, Sierra, do you want to come bless the fish? <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. She can just eat it. But but I, I, I do appreciate you operating under that level of, of caution and of respect of my own dietary yeah. preferences. Yeah, because you... You made it seem so easy. Like, oh, she'd be pescatarian. So I didn't know, like, if in the moment she was eating fish, you were like, no, my sweet daughter. No, <laughs> I, I'm i totally fine with it. And and you know what? I actually, I think up until we had Grace, if you would have asked me, would I prefer if Steven was a vegetarian? I would have said yes, just because, you know, it would be easier. Mm-hmm. I think with having Grace, 
I honestly like that I'm a vegetarian and you're not because she has both perspectives. And so if we were both meat eaters and she decided to be a vegetarian, maybe she would feel pressure like she shouldn't. If we were both vegetarians and she decided to eat meat, maybe she would feel pressure like she should. And I I like that she gets to grow up yeah, with like, both of our perspectives. It's the first example of like grow up with multiple perspectives. and mm-hmm. A wide worldview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, here's a, a great question. Um, someone asked if they feel like we've been able to maintain our identity after becoming parents. And I think this is really interesting because one of the sentiments I saw the most from other parents online before I had Grace was um, my like I am a totally different person after I had my child like I I was this person before and now that I have my child I'm completely different and I I don't recognize myself I'm mourning my old self um and that has not been my experience (laughs) that has not been my experience at all and not to say that that experience is wrong of course but it's just not what mine has been and so I was really kind of expecting that and then to be honest, I feel more like me being a mom than I did before. Oh, I love that you said that because that fits right into what I'm going to say. Oh, good. I feel like the big, th- I feel like a thing that where that can come from is like, you know, how planned was the child? Yeah. Because to your point, I think we got to that stage of life. But it was like, I am now ready to be a dad. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to give up my life. Like that that was my identity is like this is now who i am i am a i am steve and i am ready to be dad so then when grace came and was born and you know the eight months with grace like that fit into my identity so kind of to your point i think your identity was also already kind of like shifting mom and then now grace just kind of fit into that going into it so prepared and trying you know year and a half whatever it was i think that kind of uh reduces the impact of the change yeah right you know um I would agree with that. And I, I think another thing that has really helped us to maintain that sense of identity um, is yeah. giving each other like s- still plenty of, of individual time. Um, I am a mom, but that is not all that I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a business owner. I, I have my own passions and my own uh, things that fulfill me outside of motherhood. And I would say being a mom is the most important thing I do, but it's not the only thing I do. Yeah, no, and, and we do really good at making sure ourselves get those times to be us. Mm-hmm. And then also making sure each other has time to do that. Yeah, and yeah. also us as a couple. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I will say, I think that got drastically easier once Grace started sleeping through the night. Yep. <laughs> um, because she goes down at seven every night. And then Stephen and I usually spend like an hour or two doing our own thing. And then like an hour or two together, hanging out, watching yep. a show, playing video games. And so I think that time at the end of the day for us to mm-hmm. just be on our own is really helpful in maintaining in maintaining our identity. Um, and I also think a big part of it for me has been having really, really wonderful um, female friendships in yeah. my life um, in that I don't feel like I got lost in motherhood mm-hmm. um, because I had so many really wonderful friends who were really yeah. there for me and, you know, I, I appreciate them so much with you know, Skylar and Kenzie and Jess and my mom and yeah. um, Ryan and Paloma and like just these really, really wonderful women in my life who made me feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah, that's, I think it's best. And your mom. I don't want to leave yeah. Lisa out. Shout out Lisa. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the simplest answer is that 
schedule's a little bit more busy. I probably can do a little bit less than I used to. Uh, but I still feel like the same old dorky Steve. So. Well, and you know what Steven told me yesterday? He said that he plays more video games now than he has since high school. <laughs> you said yeah. since Grace is born, you spend you play more video yep. games than you did since high school. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, Grace goes to bed early. And because Sierra watches Grace on a lot of days, Sierra now works, you know, a little bit in the evening. And now it's like me, like, okay, Sierra's busy. Um, what am I going to do? And <laughs> games tend to win. Because also, you know, stress is a little bit higher with a little baby. Um, so it's a great outlet of that. That's what I was going to say. I said, I think you need video games more now. Yeah, and you've also pushed me to video games more than I ever have in our entire relationship. <laughs> well, because it used to be that you would get off work, I would get off work, and I'd be like, oh, let's, let's spend some time together. Yeah. I need some, like person-to-person interaction let's go do something together now we get done with work and I'm like so tired and also kind of touched out like I'm like I just need some time just for me to reset to be alone and I think you kind of feel the same way too yeah so actually this next one looks like a great segue which whoever organized the documents probably planning that um so this woman's talking about mom guilt and knowing that she needs to take mean time but feeling guilty for actually taking that time yeah and she rationally knows she needs to, but it's hard. I I feel that. And I think mom guilt has been one of the most difficult things for me to navigate in parenthood. Um, because I, I realize when I take a step back, I am a better mom when I have that time to refill my cup. It's mm-hmm. the, the idea that you can't pour from an empty cup. If I am depleted and I am exhausted and I am touched out, I can't be the mom I want to be for Grace. Yeah. And so I almost need to tell myself, hey, this self-care time is important, not just for me, but because I'm a better mom when I yeah. am really, you know, taking care of myself. Um, and I've also kind of extended that to work as well because mm-hmm. I, I, especially when I was first getting back from maternity leave, I had a really hard time being away from Grace and without feeling guilty. And without feeling like, well, I shouldn't be working. I should be with her. And I realized that, you know, obviously working and having a job is good financially for us, you know. Mm -hmm. But also emotionally, creatively, when I I am so passionate about the work that I do, Mm -hmm. having that and then going back to Grace, I feel fulfilled. And I feel like I can be fully present and really take advantage of that quality time with her in a way that when I, before I finished my maternity leave, I, I wasn't exactly, I was, you know, yeah. exhausted and, and overwhelmed and stressed. I think it's really interesting that one, the term is always mom guilt because I think that's part mm. of the problem itself. That term in itself is excluding. Well, no, not, not so excluding. Cause I definitely feel no guilt when it's like, you don't, I need to kind of walk away and you know, Oh, Sarah, I need a break. I'm going to go do so. I'm going to go for a walk by myself for half an hour zero guilt Mm. and i think the whole mom guilt thing kind of comes from this expectation that moms almost shouldn't be doing that um because i think at the end of the day it's like oh it's logical i will definitely be the best father when i am taking care of myself as well Mm -hmm. no questions asked there's no confusion there's no guilt like it doesn't even cross my mind that i should feel guilty i am flabbergasted (laughs) i have been operating all this time just assuming that you feel the same guilt that i do no, but it's like if I'm going to go do something for half an hour to clear my head and like reset or if I'm going to go spend an afternoon with the guys to kind of just recuperate my brain and mental health, 
No, no, there's no. There, you're right, and there shouldn't be guilt for either parent. Like it shouldn't be a default. Oh, I should feel guilty for making this decision. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And it's just so interesting that the, like the word mom guilt to me kind of plays into that because it's like, well, moms shouldn't be doing that. So yeah. Moms should feel a little guilty. That's so true. No one says dad guilt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just I think logically speaking, there should be no default guilt assumed. Well then. Do you think the guilt... But then also, like, that answer comes with privilege of having a, 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 a significant other who can then take around responsibility. Yes. Family that can kind of help out and kind of do those things. So Yeah. The flexibility for you know, work and finances to take that time. There's privilege in that answer, but I think default answer should definitely be there should be no guilt. But do you think that guilt comes internally or externally for moms? Because... I think for me, sometimes it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah, Part of true. it is me feeling this expectation of what kind of a mom I should be and and how I should be, uh, how present I should be with Grace, how often I should be with Grace. There's that pressure. And then there's also the societal pressure of this is what I am supposed to do. This is what I have been told motherhood is. This is how, yeah. you know, other people say that I should be as a mom. Yeah. And, you know, the distinction between those two things almost one and the same right our the line own, is blurred our Be- own opinions have been molded by that right so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to answer that just it's both like, you know yeah. it is both um but you know there is that like there's this natural instinct to care and love your child and take, <laughs> you know so that's obviously there but um i don't think that gets in the way of uh, taking a little break and yeah because it doesn't for you 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 love and care for grace just as much as i do but you don't feel that guilt when you take that time for yourself yeah. which tells me then it's societal not intrinsic yeah, and that's why I focus on the word mom guilt, I think. Yeah. Part of the problem is how we label that itself. Yeah. So. That's such a good point. All right, next question. Kind of in the same vein of like the mom guilt, the mom, mom shaming. Um, do people ask you too many personal questions about grace in your parenting and give you unsolicited parenting advice? Um, I feel like parents generally get some weird questions about their kids, not to mention unsolicited advice. So I can only imagine that parenting online makes it more complicated. Yeah, I'm very interested in your thoughts on this since okay. you're like the online person. So here's my thing. So I try not to group everything, every criticism, every comment, every piece of feedback as mom shaming because I think that gets a little dicey. Like, like feedback specific to mom and how you mom. And how I parent. Yes, exactly. Um, because sometimes people are coming at things from a safety concern. Um, even, if, even if they're incorrect. They are coming at this of, hey, I'm concerned about the safety of you know you or your child and so I'm gonna comment this like for example um I wear grace in a baby carrier sometimes and the manufacturer guidelines say you know you can wear them outward facing but then the AAP recommendation is uh to keep it under 30 minutes at a time uh for hip development Mm -hmm. so we follow those guidelines but anytime I post a picture or a video clip with grace in the carrier I get comments from people saying hey it's unsafe you shouldn't do that you shouldn't wear that um, it still bothers me sometimes because I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm, you know, doing what we have decided is best from all of the things that we've read. Um, but I understand they are concerned for safety. They're coming at that yeah. from that perspective. So I, I try to not get so defensive about everything. That's why I, I was going to use the word defensive. It makes you feel like I have to be a little defensive about yes. why we made these decisions. And right. it, it, it's so complicated and nuanced, you know, every's country regions different governing board might have different advice and yes ex- so another example i'll post me making a spinach omelet for grace and i'll get messages saying hey i live in germany and they say not to give spinach to babies under one and i'm like okay but 
I, I can't follow every guideline for every country. I'm going to go with the information that is being recommended here where I live in the U.S. by Grace's pediatrician. And so I, I understand a little bit. I think also it's um, the way that that criticism is brought. And so I try to not be so defensive when people are coming from a safety perspective, even if I disagree. Um, the other part of that is the actual mom shaming. You're a bad mom. You're doing this wrong. You shouldn't do this. A lot of times I see people say, if you do this, you're going to ruin your child, right? Um, like a, a lot of parents I follow who feel one type of way or another type of way about contact naps, holding a baby. They'll get flooded with comments of, if you hold your baby while they nap, you know, they're never going to sleep again or this or that. And I'm like, you know, let the mom hold their baby if they want to hold their baby while they nap. Yeah. And let the mom share that without feeling like they have to go on this defensive and this, you know, explanation of why they've decided to do contact naps. It's okay to just say, I want to hold my baby when they nap. And, and I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with like parenting styles of like every not everyone I shouldn't generalize but a lot of people feeling like there is only one right way and any parent who doesn't do it their way is wrong when really the right way for one family might be the wrong way for another family and Mm -hmm. so I think for me I try to to be less defensive when it's about safety but when it's truly just about preference I'm like keep it to yourself yeah see I think it's interesting raising a kid is like one of the most amazing things in the world and people get very passionate about how they raise their kid and at the end of the day that's what it is it's very passionate people i'm very passionate about you know some things i do for grace same you might be passionate about different things you do for grace someone else is passionate for their kid and that's just online it's just there's no way to filter that right it's just people who are very passionate and they loved how they did their thing and that and it worked great for them and they want everyone else to to see not even that they want that it's just like that's just how just how they see it like wow this was just so clearly the way yeah um so it's like i just kind of like turn off my brain for like oh that's how they did it cool yeah you know and i just i think i just go into it acknowledging that everyone kind of has different perspectives and things like that and you know i think as a parent i have my sources of truth that i refer to mm-hmm. um and that's it and then i just see other people talking about how they did it and i don't see it as them saying this is how i did it you're dumb and wrong for doing it your way. It's just like, this is the way I did it. And then I kind of insert like a, I was just very passionate about it and I just can't imagine it your way. I think you're right in theory. I think if that's the way it actually was, that would be great. But I do think a lot of the times, especially online, it's like, this is the right way. This is the only way. And if you don't do this, you're wrong. I've also tried to protect myself and my own mental health and deciding that there are some hot button issues that I may feel a certain type of way about. But I've just decided I don't want to share that online because I don't want to open myself up to uh, I'm not passionate enough about sharing this thing to open myself up to that level of criticism. Yeah. Um, and so I, we are very selective in like what we choose to share partially because I'm like, you know what? I maybe don't want to deal with that mom shaming today. And I maybe just want to protect my mental health. Um, so we have been, we said we were going to keep this short. Uh, we're just going to record for like 30, 45 minutes and it's been a bit longer. Um, so we're just going to do one more question. I had a bunch more pulled, but we're just going to end it here. Um, cause we have to go tap my dad out. <laughs> he's, he's watching grace and, uh, we need to go relieve him. Yeah. So, so for the last question, mm-hmm. um, how and what boundaries did you set in terms of grace with internet family or friends? Okay. Um, for the internet, like I said, we really kind of err on the side of caution when sharing about grace in that if I'm even questioning whether I should share something, mm-hmm. cut it, yeah. don't show it. Don't share it because I'd, ra- I'd rather cut it and then go, oh, well, I guess I could have shared that. Then be like, 
I don't think I should have shared that. Yeah. And so that's that's the thing that we do. And then also, um, any clip of Grace in the vlogs, both Steven and I watch back. Yep. So I edit most of our vlogs. Sometimes Mario edits them. Um, but when I'm editing a vlog, I call Steven up and I show him at least all the clips that Grace is in. Sometimes he watches back the whole thing. But yeah. All the yeah. clips Grace is in just to make sure I didn't, you know, miss anything or there's something I thought was okay that he didn't think was okay. Yeah, it's just like very, just side of caution. Like, oh, no, let's not include that. Yep. Like default, it's easy just to say no. Yep. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of fun little clips where like, eh, it's just not worth it. So. And the hard thing too is I think before we had Grace, I thought that it would be either, you know, this thing is just, is a positive thing and so we'll share this and this thing is, you know, exposing her too much so we won't share it. But I realized there's so much nuance in that middle ground where I also don't want to be filming and sharing every happy moment she has. I also don't want her to, you know, have most of her life having a camera in her face. I want those moments to be few and far between throughout our day. Um, And also, I don't want her to be too central of a focus in the vlogs. Yeah, I agree. I want it to still still be under our perspective and what we're sharing. So even if there's something that like maybe it is not an inherently negative thing to share or something that could embarrass her. If it centers her too much in the narrative and it's sharing information about her that yeah. I don't really feel like we need to share, we'll just cut it. Yeah. And then for family and friends, it's all kind of standard. So I guess the only thing is, you know, since Grace has a bigger internet presence, you know, um, just kind of more mindful what kind of things get uploaded to social medias and but Instagram about her. I think we do that even if we weren't vloggers. We I, I personally, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say because I, I don't know. I can't compare. But I would think I would not care. Um, <laughs> it's For me, it's specifically thinking, oh, Grace, a lot of people know who Grace is from the internet. Therefore, we need to be extra careful. It's just another step in the caution of. Um, yeah. So we've just asked family and friends to, you know, show us things before they post them if they involve Grace. Um, and we do that same thing for our friends' kids. Like any, anytime you see like, a picture or a clip in a vlog that has a minor in it um i always have the parent a- approve it and watch it back yeah. first so like yeah. especially because it's online and such a big audience yes um, and and so our family and friends basically just do the same thing for grace and i i don't i i think there's only been a couple times that we were like eh, don't post that because i feel like our family and friends are usually on the same page as us yeah it's less about like oh let us see the picture you want and it's more just share our sentiment and I think everyone's kind of on the same page. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, at the end of the day, I love sharing our life. And it's such a blessing that I'm able to do that for work because I it's something I can do with Grace. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I want to make sure that she has a normal childhood. Yeah. And that she can be a normal kid. And so, especially moving forward, I, I don't know how we share Grace online and how that will change as she gets older. But I know it's always going to be something that Stephen and I are having meaningful conversations about. Yep. Because it's very important. Well, speaking of meaningful conversations, that was a great meaningful conversation. It was. And you know what? My nerves went away. I was so nervous at the beginning. And then once we got going, I just, it, it felt natural. It's like yeah. riding a bike. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, thanks for uh, listening along. Um, yeah. yeah. Who knows where this whole podcast thing is going to go, but there's an episode. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there'll be another episode maybe next week, maybe in like two weeks uh, with me, Ryan, and Paloma. And I, you know what's funny? Steven actually was the big driver between wanting to bring back the podcast and just do it casually, which was with Ryan and Paloma when we were in Big Bear. Yeah. Steven was like, this should be a podcast. Like, yeah. the camera should be rolling. Yeah, it was like, it just it inspired me to think about it. 
Yeah. Anyways, let's go uh, tap out our sweet, sweet, my, my father-in-law, and uh, we'll go hang out with Grace, have See some dinner. See our daughter, yeah. Do bath time, bedtime, yep. all the things. Bye! <laughs>